right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a low right now. You don't got time Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. What's up? Welcome in. I am Nick Schwert. Hope you enjoyed your extended 4th of July weekend. It was a eventful one, or it's been an eventful four days for the Kansas basketball program. Unfortunately for KU Hoops, as you all know, July 6th is our annual Kansas football extravaganza, and we don't budge on that for anyone or anything, so the Kansas basketball discussion's going to have to wait until tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be breaking down this 2021 Kansas football team position by position. Let's start things off with inside linebacker. I have Matt Tate of the LJ World, KU Sports, in with me as a special guest host. Matt, go ahead and take it away, man. Yeah, so July 6, 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney met for the first time as teenagers in Liverpool, England. You're lying. It's a true story. You would know that. I was did there. You, did you look that up? Well, so- I wasn't there in 1957, but I was there at the site where they met. Wait, where did they meet? In this church courtyard in Liverpool where John Lennon's band was playing and Paul McCartney went to check it out. The rest is history. Without that moment, there would be no Kansas football. Oh, I got I don't think away. that's Sorry. quite accurate. It's all true, though. The rest of that's true until I got to the... Uh... And I know that you didn't even look that up today. No. You knew that. Oh, yeah. You have I, it marked on your calendar? I, I know it. I don't even have to put it on my calendar. It's a wow. big. It's, it's arguably the biggest day in music history. You gonna give me that? No. Um, I don't know the invention of the guitar. Whatever, caveman days. <laughs> I mean, they strung a couple of s- strings of from from tree bark across the rock and mm-hmm. played a little guitar. Do you have a date on that? No, I don't. Okay. I I don't know. I don't even know when it would have been. But I would have to imagine that the the guitar probably went through some pretty brutal decades and. <laughs> And maybe even centuries before it really started to take off in, yeah, in the in the 1900s. So like I, the wheel when it used to be square. It's like man, is that a thing? Yeah, somebody had to look at that at one point and said, "Is this really gonna stick around? Like, are we still doing this thing because nobody can play it and it's awful." <laughs> and then finally, somebody learned how to actually make music with it. And so I would put that moment okay slightly ahead of of McCartney and Lennon. But I give you that. I mean, they they were playing guitars that day, so yeah. It had to have been invented first, or otherwise they'd just be standing there looking at each other. That's right. I'll in give a you that. church in a church courtyard. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, Matt Tate, you are going to be with me for the entire show. I only have two shows left today and tomorrow, and uh, no Derek Johnson today. Crazy, which is a little telling. I'm on my way out, and he's still finding ways to remove Avoid himself. You at all costs. And, yeah, not be around <laughs> me. But that's okay. His loss. Sure. More for you and me, man. That's right. No, I wouldn't have missed this. I just got back from a vacation, and, you know, we talked before I left, and, and you know, you were saying this is going to be kind of a weird week because Derek's out, and I said, 
man, I'll co-host. Let's do it. You're yeah. you're on your way out, and 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 I want to be a part of that. It's my last Tuesday with you, obviously, but uh, but man, you know this, and we've joked about it a lot, but like the Tuesday segments with you have been some of my favorite always yeah. so uh there was no way i was gonna miss that i'm glad it worked out for the timing so that i was back in town but then when i threw that out there and you were like wow that, i do it, might do it yeah. so it, it seemed like the right way to go out and i know you got a big day tomorrow too uh, i'm gonna try to be a part of that as well because you deserve a send-off man you've done great for lawrence you've done great for this place you've done great for uh readers fans listeners ku people all over the state all over the world so uh my hat's off to you i wish you nothing but the best in the future and obviously we will still stay in touch and still be basketball friends um and you know this isn't the end of any of that but it is it is a bit of an end of an era and see, I'm not trying to make anybody cry, but no, it's coming. No, you see, it's here's, here's the problem is I'm going to I'm gonna awkwardly barrel roll out of that because I'm not, I'm trying to leave absolutely no space for sentimental good, conversations good, good. today. Yeah. I'm sure there will be plenty of those on the last show right. tomorrow. It got, it was pretty rough the day I, I announced that uh, I'd be leaving. Sure. And we haven't really touched on it since then. Uh, we can touch on this though, because you'll still be on RCST, uh, it's been sort of awkward trying to dance around this subject too, right. but uh, and they they keep me. I'm already out of the loop on everything around here. Like they've already <laughs> stopped sending me any sort of of announcements or anything like that. But uh, Derek announced yesterday or Sunday, whenever it was, that he's gonna be taking over as the host. That's awesome. So that's official. So you can still come on the show. I, if it weren't Derek, then you would have to wonder: Is the next guy going to want? you around oh i would never want that right i mean i've never wondered that is what i meant um everybody wants me <laughs> nick uh i did five radio shows already today because of all this have you really done five? basketball news you've not done five radio five shows. four on a podcast you this is you've done four radio interviews today yes, sir and one podcast i talk and i talk and i talk and i talk and now you just signed up for like let's go do two more hours yeah what's, two and a half three what's the big deal um, it's a big day in Kansas football, right? I know, isn't that, that wild with? too? Because <laughs> July 6th, like the day that you're going to come in and co-host with me, normally you would think it's going to be a dead period. Oh, like we're yeah. going to have to manufacture ways like, to talk about talk Kansas about, athletics. Right, yeah. And that it, did not happen. It's not the case this time around because over the span of the last, I'm doing math. This is. This is why I need Derek here. He could do this. I can't nothing. wait till Derek. Seven hours. Over. over the last seven hours, let's call it, KU has gotten word officially in one regard, unofficially in another, that Ochai Baji, Remy Martin, will be returning for another year of school. It'll be year number four for Ochai at Kansas and year number one for Remy Martin at Kansas. Now, the Ochai news is official, and that came down first, and I don't just want to mesh these together because I think – they are both worth talking about independently. And I want to talk about Ochai because, like I said, it's year four for him. Yep. And that was the one, I'm not saying it's most important, but it was the one decision that was probably most uncertain for, for everybody, Bill Self and that coaching staff included, because he has the best NBA prospects. And that's not saying much, because I think of all three of the guys who tested the waters Jalen, Ochai, and Remy, none of them are projected first-round picks. None of them are guys that really have uh, 
Automatic, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super high NBA draft stock. But Ochai was the closest to being that. Yeah. And the fact that he decided today to come back, which it's not surprising in that regard because you know he probably would have been a a late second-round pick if that, more than likely, would have went undrafted, two-way deal, would have been a bit of a grind to try and make it happen in the NBA. The opportunity at Kansas, I would imagine, coupled with maybe not the best showing at the Combine, made this decision a little bit easier when you can just look at what you're returning to. You're not returning to a team where it's going to be a ton of roster turnover and you don't know how good you're going to be and you sort of wonder what the identity, what's what's this team going to be like. It's grind it out or do one more year at Kansas where you can be one of the guys and you're going to play on a championship contending team. I'd imagine that played a big factor. Oh, my gosh. There's so many things, right? I mean, you look at that. You look at the idea of, of last year being, hey, thank God we played, but we're playing in front of 4,000 people on our on good nights, right? Probably didn't really feel like a No, there's a real no season. way that's the way it ends. Because you know when you think back on like periods of time in your life, like extended stretches of time, and you don't really, like, you're not able to segment, like, Year by year, I know, like, you can maybe do this when you're in in college, though. When you say, I remember my freshman year, I remember my sophomore year, I was living here, I was with these people, I did this thing. I'd imagine when guys like Ochai look back on their college career, like, that junior year, they're going to be like, I don't really have a ton of memories from that year. Like, 10 years from now, what are you going to talk about? You're going to say, kind of stunk, our team wasn't that good, and we didn't really get to do all the things that I thought you'd get to do as a collegiate athlete. The games weren't fun. When we traveled, it was like total business. It was just like get e- through it. Even at home after wins, we couldn't go out. We just had to go back to our room and play video games. I mean, yeah, there's no there's no way. Look, if, if you're a freshman or, or maybe you had one year and, and that's all you know, maybe you can decide that a little easier. But if you've been around Kansas and you've been here for two, three, four years and you know what Kansas basketball, that whole experience is – I don't know how you end on that note. And and so that's one part of it. But but then, of course, the name, image, and likeness stuff, like all of a sudden he comes back and he can yeah, make how much, a little coin, How right? much do you think that matters? I think it matters a great deal. Like, like imagine if he were in the exact same situation a year ago and he's making the same sort of decision that everybody's made for the past three, four, five decades. Right. Versus this year where all of a sudden this new element that's never existed in college athletics before is not just there, but there for the taking in a community with a pro that embraces yeah. your yeah. program as well as any community embraces any program. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably matters for a lot of kids in a lot of ways, but like, let's, we're talking Ochai. Let's look at Ochai. Senior, senior, four year starter. Very popular, very charismatic, charming, good looking dude. Uh, even his name is unique in yeah. a in a marketing sort of way. Like he ha- has the has the the whole thing right in front of him right there. I mean, you know, like there's other guys with with you know like Cam Martin, right? Uh, yeah, Cam Martin. Nothing. Nobody really knows the guy. Even Remy Martin. Even Remy who Martin. might be the best player on next year's team. There you go. But it's not the same. There's no connection to these fans yet. When you yeah. haven't been here for not just being here, but growing he's up been here. A starter. Since he's since they pulled his red shirt halfway through his freshman season. Sure, and look, if not for COVID, Ochai's on a list of a handful, potentially anyway, a handful of national champions. I mean, that team was. I don't think there's anybody out there that doubts that that team was going to go win it all. They may not have, but but honestly, I think, the fact that they didn't have to play or they didn't play that tournament, I know they wanted to. Yeah, but it almost yeah. In the grand scheme of things, man, 
like being able to just have been the number one team and you versus the field, that may end up working in their favor because it is hard to win the title. Yeah. But that's how we're always going to talk about that team. They would have. Everybody knows it. They would have, and nobody can deny that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's sort of like the uh, here we go with music again, but it's like, uh, you know. The, the, if you say Lennon and McCartney. I didn't, okay. but, but, but I could have. But I was going to go with Jim Morrison this time. Like, he dies early, and he's a legend. Jimi Hendrix. There you go. Made music for four years. Another one. Bob Marley. Another one, right? I mean, like, it's a lot of guys like that. So maybe that's that same effect. Uh, I'm sure it has a name in some science, philosophy, psychology mm-hmm. book somewhere. They, you know those old science, philosophy, psychology books? Those are real popular. <laughs> but just covering every topic, Everything. every subject. It's, it's one page and no pages yeah. and all the pages. Listen, I know that people get kind of touchy when you talk about decisions whether it's a high school kid making his college decision or sure. a college kid making his NBA draft decision you know and you get on this is maybe a social media thing more than anything else where of course you'll have people just be like you know you have both sides of it and I hate I hate when we we live in worlds of extremes and I think this is one of them where it's either you either have the people who are saying terrible decision don't know what he's doing uh not ready needs to come back shouldn't be going to that place versus the other people who like overcorrect, which is almost just as annoying to me, who like, sit up on the soapbox and just talk about how you just never should say that and you should just always be supportive of these. Like You can have an opinion. You just shouldn't be a jerk about it. <laughs> Bingo. And, and where I'm at with Ochai is, and I'm, I'm trying to say this tactfully so that I don't get accused of being either of these things, um, we're not supposed to care what these guys do, but this is 100% the right decision for Ochai. Like, do whatever you want. If he would have went, I would have said, congr- like, congratulations, sure. realizing your dream, go for it. This is the right decision for Ochai. He, was not, he probably wasn't going to get drafted. Totally. He would have been on a two-way deal. Go ask Devon Dotson how that's worked out for him. There you go, man. And he bought, what he did is he bought himself time, right? Yeah. He has now put something out there. They've, they've seen two and a half, three years of game film. Now he's worked out for teams and scouts and been at the Combine. So there's your baseline. And now you come back and you work and you do it against guys that you're older than, you're more experienced than, you're stronger than physically, um, you're comfortable in that environment. I mean, there's so many reasons to like the position he's in and he gets to work and he and he bought himself a year of developing and he could have developed in the G League just the same where it's his job and he gets paid to do it and he's making good money and he spends nine hours a day on it. But that's not the same, man. And it's not the same and you got to be ready to do that That's because right. how many guys who end up doing that are secretly saying, okay, well, what's going to happen is I'm going to get on a two-way deal and then I'm going to show them, right? They get motivated and then they say, and I'm going to wind up playing in the league and these teams are going to be savage. Like that's sort of the mindset I think you have to possess if you are a guy who you feel like is being overlooked. Yep. But what happens when you do that and it's still not enough and then you are toiling away with the main red claws for a year and you're saying, well, this is not at all what I was ex- hoping for my experience to be. And yeah, you're probably getting paid, but it goes back to the NIL stuff. It's now a, you can get paid here. It's a nice recruiting chip for coaches <laughs> to be able to say, well, you can get paid here too, yep. and you'll be the star in this That's city. That's exactly what you're it gonna is. You're going to be the star for the Chicago wind or whatever the G League. Like, of course not. And who's no. going who's gonna to pay a G League guy outside of the team? Look, I used to be totally on the, on the, on the side of, of – Kids have to come back if they're not ready. I used to be like, I mean, I would, yeah. I would fight and die on that hill. 
in arguments with my friends and whatnot. But but I have come around on that. I do understand now. Maybe it's because I'm older and and you gain that wisdom as you. I've talked to. I've just. I've I've changed too. I've just from talking to guys who've went through it. Sure. Like Cole Aldridge is one guy. Who has sort of explained it to me? Now he's a lottery pick, so right, yeah, he's, a little bit different when you're on the it, team. It is, but but yeah, I mean, you, I do understand and, and respect and get the idea that just because you leave college doesn't mean you stop working on your game. If anything, you have more time to do it. You don't have classes, you don't have tutoring, you don't have restrictions on practice time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I, I have come around on that side of seeing it um, a lot over the over the last several years. But having said that. I'm 100% in agreement with you. This was the right decision. Ochai was this close to playing himself into the draft up there at the combine when he measured his athletics. Athleticism was on on you know the the top of the lists among all the guards up there. He was physically strong. He 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 jumped well. He tested well. He looked good. All that stuff. That close, and then he goes and plays the scrimmages. And he's the Ochai that Kansas fans have seen. And, I, I mean, I think that did it. I think if he had gone out and killed it, made five of six, look at Quentin Grimes, for God's sake, right? If he had gone out and done anything close to what Grimes did up there, I think he's— I didn't even see it. What did Grimes do? He, he had, like, 27 points in the second scrimmage, seven threes, something uh, like that. I mean, no he, kidding. He, he, he basically—I don't know that it'll be a lottery pick by any means, but he basically played himself into being a first-round pick again. It, I mean, yeah, it's about improving your stock. That, and, and he did. If you would have bought stock on Quentin Grimes before the combine. Yeah, you'd be very happy you'd be about that purchase. Good. If you bought stock on Ochai before the combine, you'd feel like I can get him at a lower price. Better hold on to this and hope to break even. Right. Yep. No, and that's it. I think once those scrimmages started, he 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 played himself back out, and so good for him because I know he wanted to go. I know he wanted to go, but good for him for making a solid decision and not putting yourself at risk because. His NBA dream is still very much alive right now today. And if you go and you're in the G League and it's a dog-eat-dog world and, and you're grinding it out and you're sort of in anonymity and and it's hard there. It's really hard. You have to be an alpha. You have to be— But you just have to want it. Yeah. Because you don't have the other extracurricular benefits that you get at a place like Kansas. That's right. That's hey, right. I may not be doing everything I want, but at least I'm the man. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. loves me, and I still play for KU, and I'm on national television 20-plus times a year, and I'm big dog on campus. Traveling all over. Yeah. yeah. So, and, that, and that, to me, I, I kind of go back to like the idea that we live in a world of extremes is I'm with you. I've come around on the idea of if a guy's not ready, he shouldn't go. Like I'm, There are benefits to doing it. But again, it's like the flip side of that is that it's annoying to hear the, the the other people who will say, "Well, no, you should always just go. You should always just go if you have a chance." Well, we can't. We don't have to no, ignore. It have to be that way. You're the right. benefits of coming back to college for another year and act like that can't be advantageous, especially for a kid who's in the spot that he is. So, so I, I think about this too, man. Is Ochai? I was thinking about this on the drive-in. Ochai, his freshman year, right? They pull his red shirt. They needed an ex- They needed something, right? And they pull Ochai's red shirt, and he had a, a, a stretch there. And I think it started... TCU? Well, it was Kentucky. Remember, in the Kentucky game, they lost the game, I, I believe, in 2019, that would have been. All right, I'm looking it up now. Okay, so he had... Against Kentucky, he came in. They lost. The next game out, they're on the road at Texas. He goes off. 
24 points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seven, seven rebounds against Texas. And in a six-game stretch, no, excuse me, a five-game stretch for Ochai, he averaged almost 17 points and eight rebounds per game. He had 24 against Texas. He had 23 against Oklahoma State. And he had 20 in the next game at TCU. 20 and 11 in that game. 17 points and eight rebounds as a freshman. 10 games into his career. I'll let you, I'll give you, I'll take that five games and I'll give you any other five game stretch in his career. That's the best five games. That's the best five game stretch that he's had in yeah. his Kansas career. And that was 10 games into his season. I'm not using that as a criticism. I'm wondering now in a situation that seems to be very ideal on paper. Yep. My big question for him is, are you going to become the guy it looked like you were going to be during that stretch? And maybe that's just not him. But since that point, we've almost sort of settled into the idea of who Ochai is, which is solid. Solid, going to knock down some open shots. Not spectacular. He's going to make some plays in the open court. But other than that, he, he won't do a ton game in, game out that's going to wow you. And I, and I wonder... Going back to two years ago when it looked like, oh, who's this guy? Right. We had no expectations for. Is he going to become that as a senior? Because he has gotten better every year. No doubt. There's no denying that. No doubt. But it's been incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to see the most polished, most consistent version of Ochai that we've seen. Two reasons to think we are. And we may not. But, but if you're looking at it from that side of it, two reasons to think we are. Number one. It's his last shot, right? He now knows what they want to see. He's heard from the NBA people. He's got one last shot to come down here and and position himself to be a pro. So that's the urgency factor, mm-hmm. right? And that's a big thing. The second you thing, can't fake that. No, you, you cannot can't, fake right? that. You can't. I mean, people try, but it doesn't. Yeah, the manufacturing of that that urgency does not go well usually. The other thing is T-Mobile Center, March. Kansas versus Oklahoma, tight game, just last year, this yeah. year. Yeah. Ochai takes the F over. Yeah. Probably the best game in his career. Best stretch for sure, but probably best game too. He knows that he can do that. Oklahoma was no chump either. It was a good team. Really good team. He knows he can do that. It's there. It's fresh. And now he's got to take the urgency and the memory of that Oklahoma performance and mesh them into this is who I want to be as a senior. Now, to Ochai's credit, he's not going to be a guy. He's not wired this way. He's a nice kid. He's from a nice family. He's a good teammate. He's a good dude. He is not going to come back here and make this the Ochai Abaji show. More than anything, he wants Kansas to win. More than anything, he wants his teammates to succeed as well. So he will do it the right way, but how does he mesh those two things into being consistently, like you said, that guy. If he does it, he will. He will play himself into being in the conversation as a first-round pick next year, and then this decision looks brilliant. You're a millionaire. It's another uh, positive tale that self can use with guys down the road, whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's got to happen, and there's no one 
else responsible for it but him. I mean, I, I, I think he's in such a great position because I think his head is going to be clear. I think he's going to be ultra-focused, and I think that urgency thing is going to be super, super productive for him. Well, in order to figure out what his role is going to be and what that'll look like, you got to figure out what the rest of the team is going to look like. What's the rotation going to look like? What are the new additions? What roles are they going to play? Remy Martin being chief amongst them because, oh, by the way, earlier today... He also, well, he hasn't announced, but news is coming out that he's going to be returning for, well, I guess his fifth season, but year number one at Kansas. So what does that mean? What are these roles going to look like? We're going to get into that next. We've got a lot to get to today. It's a loaded show. Matt Tate in studio with me. I'm Nick Schwert. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk. You already know that if you need a car wash, you need to go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. They've got all the tools and expertise to keep your car clean, both inside and on the outside. You want it clean inside because if anybody gets in your car, they're not going to want it look like a pigsty. Plus, you're going to want it clean of all those germs. You want it clean on the outside because if you're going to be pulling up in somebody's neighborhood, maybe going to see a friend, they're going to see the outside of your car and go, wow. This guy, he knows what he's doing with his car washes. That's because Tommy's Express Car Wash is going to take care of you. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and Body Wax. That's right. Have it looking real spiffy. Wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush, and spot-free rinse and vacuums as well. If you're like me, you have a dog. I have a golden retriever. She sheds so much. So I need the vacuums at Tommy's Express Car Wash, and boy, do they have them. They do them right. That's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's Express Car Wash. And don't forget to download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's at Tommy's Express Car Wash. So still no official announcement from KU regarding Remy Martin and his decision. The NBA deadline to withdraw from the draft isn't until tomorrow, but we kind of imagine with Jalen Wilson announcing, when was that, on Friday, Friday, I think it was, that the rest of these decisions wouldn't be too far away. Remy was the guy that I was most certain was going to be at Kansas next year simply because, I mean, he's just not really being covered as an NBA prospect. Correct. Yet, it was the one that, the part of me, like, for on behalf of Kansas, I was a, just a, a, a smidge nervous simply because if he shocked the world and decided not to come back, he had a pretty big hole there at the point guard spot in terms of, Wanting to be a national championship contender, you could have right. you could have right. got by without Ochai because um, I, I feel like there are other guys who could sort of fill that void. Maybe not as well, but they could do it. Christian Brown, Jalen Coleman, Lands, they can be the guy who right. can score from the perimeter and keep defenses honest. But without Remy Martin, you don't really have that alpha that you need in order to be a championship contending team. I mean, when you look at the starting five. I mean, you return four or five starters plus Remy, who's probably, I mean, it's got to be seen as an upgrade at the point guard spot, right? Nothing against Marcus oh, Garrett, but he wasn't no a point guard. question, man. I mean, this is their point guard now. And he yeah. might be the best player on the team. Right, right. Yeah, the thing with Remy, I'm, I'm, I agree with what you said. And, and, and I, I mean, when I talked to him the night he committed, I mean, you remember this quote. I'm sure a lot of people listening do, but he said flat out, it's kind of weird to hope you don't get drafted so you can play at Kansas, but that's where I'm at. Like that blew my mind when he said that, like you never hear guys say no, that. And, and I believed him. It wasn't just, you know, bumping his gums. He was, 
he was being very sincere, and I, I got the feeling then that he really wanted to play at Kansas and especially play for Bill Self. The thing that as this kind of drew out, right, as this continued to go into late June and then here we are in July, like I thought he might make this announcement two, three weeks ago, and the fact that he didn't, I started trying to look into it and say, well, what, 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 what's happening here? Because yeah. he wasn't invited to the G League camp. He wasn't invited to the combine. He's not showing up on any mock drafts. And the thing that got me and had me, you know, nervous for KU fans a little bit was, granted, I don't know the guy, but I've learned a little about him. Remy Martin seems to me like the kind of guy that could say, eh, if I don't go to the NBA, I don't go to the NBA. I'll go live in Europe and make a lot of money yeah. and love traveling and being in Europe and enjoy my life as a 24-year-old dude or whatever. You know, like that's where I started kind of taking things and, and understanding maybe maybe he'd be okay with it. Maybe it's not NBA or bust for this guy. Maybe he would just be totally content playing in Greece or Italy or whatever and hard to blame anyone for that. So that, that was part of it for me. I was starting to wonder if that was a factor as to why are we taking it all the way to July 6th, July 7th. Yeah, it made you wonder, for sure. But, obviously that's, uh, you know, again, nothing official official yet, but he's coming back. And I thought he was all along and I think he's a major, major piece. I think he changes everything for everybody and I don't think I'm overstating it. I would tend to agree. Um, But it's probably, and I put this out on Twitter earlier, Remy Martin and and how he looks at Kansas being the alpha male on a national championship contending team and what that looks like is the crux of Kansas's season. It is the most pivotal question about this team because before you added Remy, we kind of wondered like, all right, is this going to be, okay, so is, is Joe Yesifu, like this transfer from Drake, is he the point guard? Okay, what about, you know, Bobby Pettiford? He's sort of this. Can Dewan do it? Like, like can Dewan Harris step? It was a lot of questions. But then you go get a guy who's been all Big 12 two years in a row, 19 points a game, two years in a row. Back 12, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all, like, the number one transfer on the market. Oh, yeah. He was the number one transfer on the market and at the most important position in right. the game. And you got him. So, you add that, it changes everything that you could have expected about Kate. Without him, you're probably like, okay, this is a talented team, return a lot, probably fringe top five, maybe top ten team. With Remy Martin, they are now in the discussion of being the best team no question. in the country. No question. But we've never seen it before. He played on some lackluster teams. Last year, he played on a downright lousy mm-hmm. Arizona State team. And it was honestly, the on paper, the best team that Bobby Hurley had ever had oh, down there yeah. going into the season. They were preseason number 18 in the country. And the, it didn't The happen. highest recruit they ever landed yeah, in like Josh top Christopher. Yeah. Top 10 kid. And it just never happened. Mm-mm. And I think Remy was stretched kind of thin at times, which you would, uh, you'd have to be. To be a senior, a proven player on a team that was supposed to accomplish a lot, fell short of everything. I'm sure it got frustrating at times. Uh, We can can pick apart Remy's game and the strengths and weaknesses and say, okay, he's got all these things, but shot selection was lacking and a little bit careless, maybe frustration at times. I don't even really care about that. What I want to know now is that 
it's a completely different environment that you're stepping into. Right. You're not going to be stretched this thin. You're not going to be asked to do everything. He took, I think, I think it was 15 shots a game as a junior, 14 shots a game as a senior. I mean, those, both those numbers, by the way, I was just looking this up during the break. Both of those numbers would be the highest like field goal attempts per game, number one and number two seasons in, that Bill Self's ever had at Kansas. Oh so let's God. just start there. <laughs> Remy Martin's not taking 14 shots a game at Kansas. Right. That is not going to happen. Fair. So knowing that... If he makes 12, though, I bet they let him. I bet you're right. <laughs> but knowing that, you know that there is going to be a significant change in role and what you're asked to do. And the biggest one is that you're going to be asked to be the leader. I'm not saying a leader. I'm saying the leader. That, to me, is it's not even a question in my mind. We can talk about Ochai Dave, their roles, what they're going to be like, how many shots they're going to take, how much they're going to score. Remy Martin is going to be the leader on this Kansas team. That is what I'm curious to see. How is that going to look? Because we've just never seen it before. It's going to be awesome, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how it's going to look either, but but like just watching it play out is what I mean is going to be awesome because that conversation had to be a hell of a conversation between Self and Remy Martin before he officially decided he was coming to Kansas, right? Like, Imagine being a part of that conversation and, and hearing what Self tells him. Like, if you're Remy Martin and this Hall of Fame coach, Bill Self, at Kansas is telling you, hey, listen, I need you. It's your team. We'll go as far as you go. I want you to score. I want you to attack. I'm going to play you. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever he said, right? Like, if you're Remy Martin, you're no wonder you don't want to go to the NBA. That's what you want. And I'm not saying he had, he didn't have a good relationship with Bobby Hurley. I think Bobby Hurley would be fun to play for. I really do. And and he he played fast and he gave those guys a lot of freedom. So th- there's that has nothing to do with this. I'm just saying Bill Self is not Bobby Hurley. Bill Self is at Kansas. And this guy is basically saying, you are what we need, bro. Yep. Come do it. And, and like... I mean, how do you say no to that? You know, and I get it. Guys do all the time in recruiting, right? Kids turn down Kansas all the time and as well as other schools. But I think that's that's probably one of the more fascinating things to to think about because that conversation had to be awesome. It had to be awesome for both sides because self's full court press selling this kid, I need you. Remy is just sitting there soaking it up going, this is awesome. Holy crap. It was the same pitch that we heard that he sold or he was trying to sell to um, Ty Ty Washington. Washington. Yeah, right, right. Like he was out there looking for that, right. the alpha point guard who could come in and fill the biggest and really only hole on the roster. Sure. And think about it. Right. So like, that's it. When I said, when I said he changes everything for everybody and I'm not overstating it, like doesn't he make Ochai better? You bet. Cause he gets his shoulders by people, gets into the paint. Ochai gets open looks just like he did over and over and over and over when Dotson was here. Same thing. For Jalen and Christian Brown and Jalen Coleman lands, if they're camped out on the three-point line and they want open looks, it's the same thing. Dave McCormick, pick and roll, right? Well, there's pick and pop is an option there. I mean, that's when he, like, watching Remy Martin, like, when he was thriving, it was in pick and roll exactly. situations. And like, and he knows how to run that. But and that's, and that's where the big question comes is that, okay, we know all of those things are going to exist, but for a guy who's never been a major facilitator. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. But you always do the chicken and the egg thing. It's, is he not a facilitator because he's not a, a willing or gifted passer? Or is he not a facilitator because... There was no one to facilitate. There was nobody to throw the ball to. <laughs> and honestly, like, watching some of the games, like, 
He looks like a pretty gifted passer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like somebody no, who's certainly his IQ capable is of doing. there. He's yeah. smart. He's got the feel. Look, and the other thing is, just because he didn't go to the combine, just because he didn't uh, get invited up to that stuff, doesn't mean he can't get feedback, right? Like he knows people who know people. Bill Self, for goodness' sake, could talk to NBA people on Remy's behalf and say, "Hey, what does this kid need to work on?" And then Self can say, "They're telling me they want to see you run a show. They want to. They want to see you run a team." So. That's what we'll do. Okay. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, so like, he, I know he took this process down to the wire and I know that he was like, it, it was a head scratcher for a lot of people because there really was no decision. You're not getting drafted, but he still was using that, that time to, to gain and gather information and feedback. And so I think while we do know what Remy has been, my guess is he will have a singular focus, a different focus at Kansas, number one, because he will have learned from this feedback that yeah. he got. And number two, because he's playing on a loaded freaking team that he doesn't have to carry the load and take 15 shots and score 19 points. He needs to take about six shots, make four or five of them, get to the free throw line. You get 13 points a game. Your team's going to win a lot of games. By the way, I misspoke earlier. There is one guy. There is one guy under Bill Self at Kansas who... Remy Martin in at least one season didn't take as many shots as. So Remy's junior year took over 15 shots per game. Nobody's done that under Bill Self at Kansas. Last year it was like 14. There was a guy who took, to be exact, 14.9 shots per game under Bill Self. Do you have a guess as to which player that was? It feels like it's got to be a guard, but I also want to say Wayne Simeon. So I will commit. Not a guard, by the way. Wayne, Wayne Simeon. Simeon is not a guard. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for for, for being Wanted there. For to me. clarify. Um, yeah. I I mean Sharon. Yeah. Right. Junior year. Sharon. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Fourteen point nine shots per game. There you go. And that was on a team that didn't have a ton around him. Needed so him to. They said, "Here you go. Right. Be that guy." And sure, it's you know it's interesting think, thinking about Sharon because when you think about the great guards that that self has had or the great leaders that self has had, Sharon's on there. And Frank Mason's on there. And it's, you can't compare every player to those guys. Like the gold standard. Right, Be right. as good as them. Nobody will be. But you talk about two guys who undersized. Like Frank is the gold standard of the gold standards. Like I'm not sliding Sharon, but like Frank is that guy. Because he's everything that Bill Self would want in every single player that he could ever have. Which is, you may not be the most physically gifted because Remy Martin is not. He is all of about six feet tall. He is not a, a high-flying athlete. but when you look at Frank, under-recruited, undersized, but he just, I always said this, his give a bleep meter, his give an F meter was higher than everybody else's at all times. Yep. And it was going to, he was going to care more than you. He was going to try harder than you. He was going to work harder than you. Having that type of guy elevates everybody around him. Right. That's what, Remy has to be for this team. Right. What did we talk about with Ochai? The urgency? It's there for Remy too, right? Yeah. I mean, this is his last shot. He's a freaking super senior. He's got one more shot to show people, I belong on those draft boards. Watch me. Watch what I can do with elite talent around me. Because in the NBA, I'm going to have elite talent around me. So let's go see what I can do and give me a shot. I mean, I almost wonder if being on a bad Arizona State team helped a pit, the pitch for a program like Kansas to say like that stunk, didn't it? 
Yeah. So come be on the most talented team you could possibly play on. Yeah. Come see the other side of that. Because I promise you, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it a hell of a lot more. Yeah, I mean, you might not enjoy Lawrence as much as Tempe. Let's be honest. <laughs> you, I mean, you're not going to enjoy any place as much as Tempe. Here, so I, not, I'm not trying to take shots, but Tempe's pretty awesome. But um, inside Allen Fieldhouse in the middle of winter, that's a lot better than uh, than what they've got going on down there, and 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 Arizona State's a cool place. Don't get me wrong, I I enjoyed covering that game when they were down there. Their fans were way into it. Uh, the arena's pretty cool. Um, Bobby Hurley's got a, a pretty good thing going, so it's it's not the worst place to be. But this is a different world, and again, I think he 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 saw that. I do. I, I think this is this is where his maturity, Ochai's maturity, uh, Jalen Coleman Land's maturity, Cam Martin's maturity. I mean, th- those things are going to pay off so much for this team this year. It's mm-hmm. going to be fantastic to watch. So now it feels like uh, we'll wait for the official word from KU on Remy, but. It feels like we have finally got some finality here on what has been a very fluid offseason with this Kansas roster. They are now officially at their scholarship limits. Now, they they could move guys around. You could see somebody depart because I think what we're really hinting at here is over the weekend, Marcus Carr, who is another one of the most highly sought-after transfers, uh, came out that Kansas was in his Final Four along with Kentucky and Louisville and Texas. And at the time, my immediate reaction was that's insurance for one of these guys in case they don't come back specifically Remy Martin. Makes sense. Yeah. But even then I thought, man, I don't know. Like, is he seriously considering Kansas? Was that the pitch? Like, did they say, Hey, you know, we've kind of got our roster, but if Remy leaves, like you're going to be the guy I'm going to get, I'm going to hand you the, the ball and, I'm going to hand you the keys to this team and you can go be our leader. And maybe that was, I mean, for Marcus Carr, he could say, well, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm obviously not coming there. But if it does happen, then you are immediately one of the most attractive options for me. Now that it sounds like Ochai and Remy are coming back, I'd have to imagine yeah, that means it's over. No, they won't get him. I mean, I mean, look, if if he's hell bent on coming here, they'd probably find a way to make room for him. But I don't know why why would you be hell bent on coming here? Exactly. So, so he's going to go to Louisville. I mean, like Kentucky's loaded. They don't. They don't need him. Texas wouldn't be a bad spot, but they're pretty loaded in the backcourt with some veterans too, and they added some new pieces as well. Yeah, I think he's going to go to Louisville. But you're, I think you're right. I mean, and and look, that's that's the game, right? Like re- this recruiting thing, this this roster GM thing, uh, the CEO part of Self's job. That's 365 days a year. There's no like, oh, we're we're set. No, because you don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, we don't know when he found out. He probably found out today when these guys make their decisions, right? I mean, nothing was leaked before now. So, no, and it, got, it sounds like it got leaked through the NBA, NBA side, guy, of right? Things. So, yeah, so self very likely didn't know until today, like the rest of us. And so he can't just sit there and, you know, cross his fingers and, and, and do the Ouija board and say prayers and hope it all works out. He's got to be working. So, and he was, yeah. So sure. Self, they, they have a quote here from self that's, uh, was disseminated through KU. It said, quote, we are all very excited. Ochai has made the decision to return for one more year. Uh, he did exactly what the process allows and encourages. He'll be better for it. So we're all basketball team. Uh, can't wait to have Ochai and our full complement of players here very soon. So it's a very, uh, uh, canned answer I will say for lack of a better term like he's going to give that answer for basically anybody who's coming back but I'm telling you right now he is ecstatic 
that Ochai decided to come back. It's Ecstatic. A- because, like you said, he didn't know. Right. He didn't know he was coming back. And if you're in that position, I think you probably just plan for the worst and just sort of act as if he's not coming back. Yeah. So to have this at the 11th hour be the, the final cog in your roster has to make him feel Giddy. like like this, everything that could have went right. Went yeah, right they say us. it all the time, right? Like when, when Devontae decided to come back, that was the best recruiting job they did. They got Devontae Graham back for his senior year. I mean, that's better than any five-star kid you could have landed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's it. And, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hell of a roster, man. I mean, they are loaded. And maybe we can talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, yeah. but, but it, is, it is truly one of those years where you look at their second five and you say that's a top 25 team. And I know KU fans do that every year, but it's not true every year. Uh-huh. It's not even close to true a lot of years. But this year... That second five, didn't Derek do a poll um, with three him? fives? I mean, now, granted, Tehan was a shooting guard on one of them, but but it was it was a good look at the depth of, of this team. I mean, he basically split up a bunch of guys, and I think he had Mitch and Cam Martin together. Um, why, did, why is he... Why is he putting out content if he's not going to be here? You know what I mean? He's got to move on, man. He's got to move on. He's got big ideas for this show. He should have just saved it for when I left. Yeah, he really blew it. He um, really blew it. You could use it all. We are using it right now. Thanks to him. Yeah. He blew it. Now you can't save this for Thursday <laughs> or Friday, Derek. I'm going to hijack as much as I can while I'm still here. <laughs> Next Tuesday. That's all we're going to talk about, I promise. If he if he has me on. Okay, so the three, if he has me on. Yeah, the three teams he has. Team one is Remy, Chris Tehan, Christian Brown, Lightfoot, and Cam Martin. So you've got to walk on there. Um I don't think Mitch is going to play much. Team two is Pettiford, Kyle Cuff, Ochai, Jalen Wilson, Zach Clements. Uh, I don't think Kyle Cuff's going to play this year. Pettiford, we'll see. I, I mean, they just you don't play three-point guards. Right. And Zach Clements will be battling for minutes. And then you got Dewan Harris, Yesifu, Coleman Lands, Adams, Big Dave. Um, it's not even close, right? Well, which team are you? I don't know. Yeah, three. Number three. Yeah, okay. That's what I was taking. It's not to. even close. I don't well, think. you have the first three guys play. who are gonna play. Maybe four. Right. Like you have Dewan Harris. Well, I mean, I think he'll be your backup point guard. Yep. Uh, but Joe Yesifu, I mean, might be sort of a pseudo backup point or just he's backup a twenty-five minutes a game guy. Guard. Right. Exactly. Uh, Coleman Lands is gonna play. Yep. And David McCormick's gonna start. Like KJ Adams is the only guy in there who's probably not gonna play big role. Okay, I'm gonna vote and see. Is this a landslide? Yeah, okay, it is. Is it? Okay. 56% of people have taken that team. So I don't think it's close. Um, but but it was Yeah, so terrible job, Derek. Next time make one that is is uh more even across the board. That's what Matt Tate. This show's Matt going Tate's downhill words. already and he hasn't not even mine. started. Yeah, he's not this even here. Awful. And he's bringing down the value. No. <laughs> I mean, dude, but you could. It's not gonna happen, and we're not gonna talk about it during the season. So it's the only time we can talk about it is right now. Um, for 10 seconds because we have to take a break. Yep. And this is what happens when I'm behind the board instead of Derek is we just blast through hard outs and I passed out for a minute. Yeah, I have to move things around. We only did two segments this hour, but platoon talk, platoon talk. (laughs) I mean, I can name 12 guys. I could name 12 guys, scholarship players who you could try and find a room, uh, a place for Now That wouldn't happen. But if you wanted to do platoon and go 10 deep, you could probably find a way to do that. Again, he won't. It won't happen. He won't. But also, 
I want to just plant the seed enough to make people think that it might happen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwartz and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Productive day for the Kansas basketball program. Ochai Baji officially announces... He's returning for year number four, and uh, word coming out that Remy Martin will soon follow suit. Nothing official on that front, but um, this was kind of expected the whole time. He was never really being taken seriously as an NBA prospect, so I think it was more of just having the opportunity to go through the draft process as opposed to a guy like Ochai where you thought, okay, maybe if some things go my way, I'll actually yeah. stay in the draft. So we have, a, I think... A, a really good look at what this team's going to look like because I think we know exactly who's going to be on the roster. Now, I guess somebody could look at their situation and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to play all that much, so uh, uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. But on paper, this has to be as competitive of a roster as you've had. I'm not saying it's the most talented roster you've had. I'm saying it's the Are most... I'm, I'm I could get there, but I, I don't think I will. Okay. Because when I start with, when I think of the most talented rosters, um, I mean, a roster with Brandon Rush, Julian Wright, and Mario Chalmers, and Darrell Arthur, and Sharon Collins. And Cole let's, Aldridge. Let's start I mean, there. I was going to say. Let's start there. I know one guy who would absolutely not say it is. And that's the the head man. No. I mean, he would laugh at you if you said that. And I think uh, 2020 is yeah. right there. I think... Uh, 1617. Yeah. With Josh and Frank and Devante and Svee. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even 11. Yeah, even 11. I was thinking about uh, even 14, dude. You had Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid and Frank Mason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wayne Selton. Like, Fair point. We can, we can, we can quantify talent in a lot of different ways. Yeah, well, and we'll see, right? We'll know in six months where this team actually goes. I don't rank. think this is most the most talented. What I think it is is going to be very competitive. And it's just loaded with guys who are going to be able to get the job done at this level. Like, there's not a ton of NBA talent on this roster, but a lot of really good players for this level. Like, let's, I, I don't want to do the starting lineup stuff. We can, but I kind of want to look at this in, in, in terms of how I think it's going to break down. Because I don't know, like, how many true points you have on this team, but you got four legit ball handlers. Remy Martin, Joe Yesifu, Dewan Harris, Bobby Pettiford. You've got three legit wings. Ochai, Christian Brown, Jalen Coleman-Lance. You've got three guys who I'm going to call, for the sake of this discussion, hybrids. Whereas, you're not really a wing, but you're not really a big. And those three guys for me are Jalen Wilson, Zach Clements, and KJ Damn. Adams. Oh, Adams, okay. Fair. I mean, Adams is what, six seven. Yeah. Kind no, of a wing, true. but he's a little that's bit true. bigger, a little right. bit longer. Um, I think Cam is 6'9", 240. Even if they do play him some at the four, he's a big guy. I mean, if if, right. if he couldn't Literally. shoot at 45%, he would be a big on every other team. Right. Correct. And he's, you know, 6'9", 245. So that, by definition, I think. It's a big dude. Big. Even if you don't play like a big, you're a big man. I'm calling you a big man, along with David McCormick and 
It's Mitch your Lightfoot. show. It's your show for two more days. Thank you. Can you. Do whatever you and want. these are my definitions. Uh, so that's 12 guys. They're not all going to play. In fact, I probably named three or four guys who come February will be break class in case of emergency type guys mm-hmm. because that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Because we got 14 scholarship dudes on that roster. On almost, I mean, if if they have the guys, if they have the bodies, you can almost always expect that the rotation will be whittled down to eight. And that eighth person is probably not someone that's playing major, major minutes. That eighth person is probably someone where you're the backup if this goes wrong. Right, like if if this guy it gets in foul the trouble, eighth or the ninth, I think the eighth. Okay, so like, like let's look at it this way. I think there's nine guys that have a legitimate claim to I playing do too. Time. But here's 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 the only reason I bring it up is because, um, Remy Martin is your point guard, and whoever you think is the backup point guard, like, right there, like if it's Dewan Harris, they're not going to look at Dewan Harris and say, "Well, we got to play him. We got to play him every night." They're going to say, "No, if we can play Remy Martin for 35 minutes." We're gonna play him for thirty five minutes. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what gets tricky. Because I've done this and and obviously I haven't done it yet now that it's fully, fully intact, but I've done it speculating what the roster's gonna be. You start assigning minutes to guys. Well, let's see, Remy will play thirty. You're gonna run, you run out really out quick. Hurry. You better be you better be super conservative with the minutes that you are divvying. And out. and it's hard to be. And beyond that, we've seen it's hard for self to be. He tells all the time, oh, I got to get some guys some rest. And then Marcus Garrett goes out there the next night and plays 37 minutes. Wow, that, a lot of that was by necessity. Remember what, the stretch with Devontae? Jeez. What was it? Like nine, it was ten, nine games in a row, wasn't it? That he I was going to say out? like 11 out of 12 of 38 or more. I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. And like five or six of those were all 40. I mean, it was ridiculous. But it's that position specifically that I that's that's why I said it the way I did. It's specifically the point guard position. If you have a point guard you love, all American Canada point guard, you're not you're taking him off the bench right. just to get somebody else. No, to no, run. no. That's right. Yeah. So what gets tricky with that is that I've said this a million times. I am I'm establishing myself now as a Joe Yesifu truther. So even if you don't hear me on these radio waves as much as you do now, just know that somewhere. I am still believing in Joe Yesifu and the fact that he's going to be a major contributor on this team. I believe that, but he's not a true point guard, but he's also undersized. I, I maybe you maybe you just think he's battling for minutes specifically with with Christian Brown, which I could be talked into. He's going to play though. Yeah, he's well, and that, and that's what that's what's cool. I think I think the best way to look at this this team when you're trying to figure out the lineup and the and the rotation and the minutes and all that stuff is is not to do it by minutes. It's to do it by what's available, right? So, like, you could have, and I'm not saying they're going to do this for 20 minutes a game, but you could have a lineup, depending on the opponent, depending on the the way the game flow is going, all those things. You could have a lineup that has Dewan Harris, Remy Martin, and Joe Yosefu on the floor at the same time. Now, that's not going to be for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It could be for three but it could change a game because if those three are out there at the same time, good luck to opposing ball handlers. Have fun bringing the ball up. I dare you to enjoy that. You won't, I promise. So, yeah. so, so that's what you look at. And like that, again, that could change a game. If it's not going well, you need a couple of easy buckets. You need some pressure to, to change the way the game is flowing. You put those three guys out there with who the hell ever, and it changes the game and you go on a 10 run and then you win going away. 
at the end of the night, you're going to look at the box score and you're going to say, wow, Yusefu played nine minutes and, and, and Dewan played five, but they were two of the most important players in that game. Yeah. So to me, and self does that all the time, right? Like so many fans, even people in the media in the post game, will ask him, you know, a question about the guy who had the most points or the guy who had the most three pointers or whatever. And he'll tell you all the time. He'll say best player on the floor was this guy. And then he'll tell you why. And it won't have anything to do with stats, right? So he does that all the time. And I think that with this team, maybe more than any we've seen any time recently, we will be able to look at this roster as what was the impact, not what was the production, not what were the minutes, but what was the impact. And there are going to be a lot of guys that have a chance to impact wins and games in five to nine minutes. Uh Uh-huh. And and that's what we'll see too. I think we'll see it play out early. We'll see the competition play out in games during non-conference play. Like there may be a game where all of a sudden, if it's Christian Brown or Jalen Wilson who's not playing well, and then we see Jalen Coleman lands play twenty seven minutes. Exactly right. And we may go at that point, oh wow, he's sort of a gotta play him more. Gotta play him more. And you fast forward a month and he's back to being the seventh man. Like that that happens all the time as you're just sort of giving guys chances to That's it. sort of win spots. So two things. Stay ready. Because your number's called, you better be ready. And and don't don't worry about fitting things into slots, right? It's mm-hmm. not it's not this piece of paper that I just did where Remy point guard, Dewan backup, Ochai two, Yusefu backup. Like it's not that. It doesn't have to be that, right? Like that I was no. just writing names down, but it doesn't have to be that. And and because of that, I think Bill Self, Norm Roberts, um, Curtis Townsend, Jeremy Case whoever else is on the staff, whatever, like those guys have to be ecstatic right now because everything is possible. There are so many different ways you can tinker and, and, and experiment with this lineup because you have so many capable quality bodies. This may be, this may, uh, this may crash and burn, but it also may be the new way we should start talking about figuring out rotations instead of saying, okay, this guy lock him into this many minutes. Let's just do it like this. How many guys are you certain that you know their role for next year? Are you certain that you know exactly you how it's this going to play out? This is not crashing and burning. This is exactly right. Because it's probably less than you think it is. Because I'm off the top of my head, it's three guys. Remy Martin, Ochai, and Dave. And Dave. Yep. And, and and I know you may be thinking, well, what about this? No. In no. terms of I know exactly what it's going to look like, those three guys are and and they're what their roles are. They're all similar in this regard. Is they're all going to start, and I don't think anybody's going to challenge them for their role. Like I don't think there's going to be any point in time where all of a sudden we're asking, are, are we sure Remy's the best point guard? Are we sure Ochai should be playing this much? Are we right. sure there isn't a better big? Those guys are going to be locked into their roles. Now I don't know exactly how many minutes per game no, Dave's going to play. Ups and downs and he all played that. Played 23 yeah. minutes a game last year. Maybe it's 25. Maybe it's 22. But like. We know his role. He's the starting big man, and he's the guy who they're going to get touches for. The next tier down would be high ceiling, but also opportunity for somebody to steal your minutes, and it's two guys, and it's Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson. And the reason why they're both in that tier is very simple, because it looked like it was happening at points in time last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No It question. looked like, I mean, right around that Tennessee game, when I think they both got benched to start a second half against... TCU, maybe it was. Um, but then it was the Tennessee game where Jalen got benched, came back after that, 
had one of the best stretches of the season. Yeah, right. We just started rebounding the ball like crazy. Right. He averaged like 12 and 10 for however many games in a row that was. I think both of those guys will start. That's where I'm at. I think they'll both start, but I can't say that with the same level of certainty I would for the first three. I love it, man. I think you hit it on the head. I think that's exactly the way to do it. And maybe that doesn't work at every school, but we don't care about every school. We're talking about Kansas. That's what we get paid to do. So I, I think you nailed it. And I think that is because of the way self operates. That's, that's probably the best way to look at this thing. And, and, and I think you said it, I mean, like the biggest thing we have to remember, right. Is, is there's a lot of talent here, but Yusefu's never played here. Um, Obviously, Remy hasn't, but Remy's on a different level. I agree with you there. Um, Jalen Coleman-Lands has never played here. All those freshmen have never played here. Uh, you know, this is, this is, there's a lot to like. There's a lot of talent, but none of it's guaranteed. Like, like Joe Yosefu, the, the finish he had to his season last year at Drake was terrific. That's not automatic here. Number one, opportunity. Number two, it's just a different level. It's a different circumstances. It's, everything's different. So, you have to see what it looks like with those guys first. So that's why you're right. Like, let's look at the guys we know what we can get from. And and in some ways, even though you're you're right on the money about Jalen and, and Christian, in some ways, I would almost argue that maybe maybe a guy like Dewan Harris is fourth on that list because you know what he is, right? Like, yeah, like it, you're basically saying you know that he's going to be the ball handler to come off the bench. Well, he, but, but here's the thing. Played 16 minutes a game last right. year. That number probably going down. Probably. Because if, okay, because I'm, I'm saying you hesitated. I, I mean, there, I, I did. But because... you said it at the beginning. You got to be conservative when handing out these minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if we're being conservative, there is no way I'm going to sit here and say, yeah, for sure. He'll play 15 Yeah, did I say minutes. that? Did I tell you this before? Like, I, I talked to Self about Dewan a few weeks ago, and, and he, he basically said, no matter who we get, no matter who comes, no matter who we add, I think Dewan's minutes are about going to be the same. Oh, okay. No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. That's a key piece of information you were That's withholding from me. I'm co-hosting today. Um, and I have a story written on it, and I haven't posted it yet because, well, I was on vacation. That's but... a tease, folks. <laughs> KUSports.com. No. Uh, but anyway, let, like, th I thought that was pretty telling, right? And now, that was three weeks ago, so or four weeks ago, or five weeks ago. I don't remember when it was exactly. But it was earlier this summer. and and But it, it made me feel like, you know, it made me feel like, like they know what they've got. There. Well, they've they've been hyping him up since sure, his redshirt season. Sure, and and in a lot of ways he was. I don't know. In a lot of ways, I think he was better than advertised last year. I don't think it always showed in his production, and that was largely, in my opinion, because the the team was not where it needed to be mm -hmm. always, right? And so he's not the kind of guy that's going to go carry a team. And then when no one else is doing it, he looks bad too, right? But yeah. but in terms of like what you expect from him, what he is, and what you want out of him, man, if anything, he overachieved. He was a better three-point shooter than anybody thought when he was late in the season. I mean, they don't win that Eastern Washington game without him. The tournament game. Okay, so the, here's let's do it this then, because I think there's a third tier, and I'll let you decide whether you think Dewan Harris belongs in this tier or the one that we just mentioned, because the third tier for me is, I think you're going to play, but it could go either way. You could steal somebody's spot ahead of you and, or push them for playing time. I could also see you sort of drifting and maybe falling out of the rotation. So who's in that tier for you? Like That tier for me would be Yesifu. Okay. Because I think that's you're going to play. Yeah, that's I fair. I think you're going to play 20 minutes a game. Right. But 
What if things play out and all of a sudden, Dewan Harris, they say, wait a minute, if we're putting you in, or what if Christian Brown just takes a huge you step forward and they're saying, him. Right, what right, am I right. going to do? Jalen Coleman lands. Where does the minutes come yeah, from? But right. Jalen Coleman lands is in that tier too. Okay. It's like, I think you're going to play, but again, what if it's, well, the same situation, but we like what Yusefu brings to the table a little bit more. We'll take the ball handling over just the shooting. Yeah, like, right, right, right. It's, you're always going to be looking for that last piece. That's a piece. good tier. And, um, I don't put Dewan in there, but it's a good tier. And then I, I guess Cam Martin would be, I guess I would put him in that tier too, because again, I think you're going to play, but what if Zach Clements is great? Also, you're still a D2 guy coming up to this level. What like, if, what if the adjustment's no too much? Right. What if the game's too fast? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's in that tier too. I like that. So that's those three guys. Write this down and we'll post it on my website. I, and, I like all three of those guys, by the I'll way. I'll take the rest of the day off. Yeah. And those are the three guys I think who are... Fit in that tier. Yeah. But they're guys I put in the rotation right now. Like if I'm putting together that rotation, they're all in it. So is Dewan, and that's nine. But we know it ain't going to be nine in March. If KU is sitting there in an Elite Eight game against... No, it's seven. Right. It ain't going to be nine guys playing no. in that game. No, that's a good point. And, and so who's going to be the guy who won't come off the floor? Like, that's what it'll be. Yeah. Wow. Might be Ochai. Might be Remy. It might be. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and history says it will be. Right? Like, not only those positions, but those dudes. Yeah. Ochai... I haven't looked it up recently, but in 2019-20, Ochai played every bit as much as the the three-headed monster of of Doak, Dotson, and and Marcus Garrett. I mean, Ochai's You're minutes. You're talking about minutes? Yeah. He's played 33 each of the last two years. There you go. I mean, and, and... Played 26 as a freshman with his red shirt pulled halfway through the season. Crazy. He has consistently been a guy Bill Self does not take off the floor. Right. He's reliable. He's solid. If unspectacular, so be it. But he is everything you want in a guy. He is he is going to be where you want him to be. He is going to compete. He's going to work. He's going to know the scouting report, and he's going to play. Now he has to go to the next level. If he wants to be a pro, he has to show that he's got more than that because that's not good enough in the NBA. At the next level, you have to show that I can do all that because that's the baseline. Now watch me do this too, whatever this is. If that means getting to the rim, if that means being ridiculous defensively and, and getting easy baskets that way, if that means playing above the rim, whatever it is, that's what he needs to do. And I think he's got it in him. I do. I do as well. I'm excited to see it play out. But I think like if, if, that, if that's the way I want to talk about this team, I guess I feel good about it, even though I'll, it's mostly because I had to put a lot of guys in a tier with my palms in the air and say, we'll see. Yeah, what's the Mitch tier, man? I mean, like... Tough luck, bro. Like probably, right? man. I mean, he he yeah. had a he had a he he made such a smart decision to redshirt, and you looked at that and you thought that's going to pay off so well. And then he gets this other year back, and and I I I think you could. Do argue, you see him playing? Do you see him playing a role on this team? And if so, you gotta you gotta knock somebody else off. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I don't think it's impossible. I think he could be a, a I think he could be ten. Well, it'd have to start with Cam Martin not being able to make that adjustment, right? Because you need a backup big. Probably. You need a backup big man. Right now, I would put Cam ahead of Mitch, but if it proves to be that it's right. a huge adjustment and the game's moving really fast for Cam and he's not as effective offensively, whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, right. Man, many that's things. where the door opens for a guy like Mitch. But yep. he's still going to have to compete against Zach Clements, right. too. Right. Your top high school player in the class. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing Mitch has going for him is experience, obviously, but also, I mean, the dude is a good shot blocker. If you need that, there may be minutes for him. 
but you may not need that. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing. So I think it's the 10 Mitch is 10. And then I think it's those four freshmen trying to figure it out. Um, and look, man, I think I honestly, I think if Pettiford hadn't come to town on a bum ankle and I, I, that dude's tough, he's going to be good. Yeah. And, and I was telling somebody this earlier today, like the, the, the key with these young dudes, those four freshmen, especially, but even a guy like Yosefu is like, this team is trying and built right now to win a national championship. That is everyone's goal. So you have to convince those guys that that is what you're here for right now. Your future looks much different and much better. In fact, what we need from you guys, your the, individual future. That's right. Yeah. What we need from you four freshmen and maybe Yesefu and maybe even Dewan Harris, still young dudes. We need you to just push these guys, make them as good as they can be, make them battle tested, make them ready. You stay ready when your name's called. If we need you, we'll let you know. But watch, join the ride, be selfless, be a good teammate and work your butt off so that when we go win it all this year, when all those guys leave and we have seven senior night speeches, you jump into next season with a much bigger role and the understanding and the experience of this is what it takes. Now it's my turn. Yeah. It's one year. You used to have to wait two or three. It's, it's one, one and year. It, and also this, it's it's one thing to to not play on a team that wasn't very good, like Bryce Thompson last year. Right. You were not really playing on a team that also you felt like you probably should have been yeah, playing on. There you go. It's different this year when you're a young guy. If you're Bobby Pettiford, you've got to look at the situation. And I'm sure you'll realize this immediately when you get into practice. And you're going to go, holy bleep, these guys are good. Yep. Like, I'm, this is a big adjustment. I can't adjustment. stay in front of Remy. I can't he stay makes, in front of DeWan. He makes every shot that, right. that he puts up in front right. of Like, that sort of stuff will probably be your welcome to to college moment right away. And man, maybe those maybe two or three of those guys redshirt. Nothing wrong with that. No. Nobody should be ashamed of that. You do that and as soon as next year you're part of the core, you're a big part of it and you learn this year what it takes. And and really I, I know people K fans don't want to hear this, but like that's what Baylor has going on right now, right? Like they lost their dudes. They're losing Jared Butler. They're losing Davion Mitchell. They're losing. I mean, they 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 lost uh, Vital. Like they're losing their dudes, but they are still regarded as a top ten team because they got guys to plug in. And a lot of those guys were nobodies on the championship team, but they were there. They pushed them and and maybe had some kind of role. And and you know that's not unheard of. This isn't like a revolutionary concept, but I just think that. That will be the key because if you have a bunch of freshmen and young dudes on this Kansas team that are like, well, I should be playing more, you're probably not going to be around long. No. Right? No. Because I, that's not that's not it. Right now, this team is built with the Remy's and the Ochai's and the Cam Yeah, you, I mean, you like, just hope you hope guys understand what the, like you said, like, what's the goal here? This is what we're trying to do. Yep. You're either with it or you can get out. Right. Like, it's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And And I've met all these dudes. I've met all these newcomers. Obviously, we know the returning guys, but all the newcomers, man, my first impression of these guys, A-plus kids, I don't think they'll have any trouble buying into that role. And we'll see. You know, obviously, everybody wants to play, but but my first impression is that they are ready for that, and they are, they are going to sign up for that, and they're going to say, this is going to be a fun year. I'm going to learn a whole hell of a lot, and then next year and the year after and the year after, it's my time. And 
I'm going to be bringing guys along and I'm going to be a big part of it. But this year, let's just go find a way to win it. All right, we got more with Matt Tate, KU Sports, LJWorld.com. He's in studio co-hosting with me. I'm Nick Schwert. You are listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk. The booth has gotten even a little bit more crowded here as we have another good friend of the show, good friend of mine, the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. Hey, hey. to stop by. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Great to be on with you. You two are terrific together. If only I could get you on some other platform <laughs> multiple times a week. You you locked in at the right time because we yeah. just teased and plugged shamelessly the hell out of basketball. Uh-huh. Which is so, terrific. But continue. Don't, I don't want to interrupt you. It's fantastic. <laughs> and especially now that we're debating like first platoon, second team, yeah. all this stuff with mm-hmm. the deepest team in America. I want more of that content. So. I'll be checking out you guys with basketball friends. Nice of you stuff. to say, man. Yeah, Thank really you. good stuff. Well, I was telling him earlier, we were joking. I was worried that, you know, my last week on the job would be a, a boring one. Because you, your last week was around this time, too, right? When you left. Yeah. And it's it's weird because you want you, you want to go out with a bang. And you want your last shows to be exciting. But also when you do it in the off season and there's not a ton happening, you're like... My, is my last week of shows going to be talking about the Royals being in last place and firing <laughs> right. their pitching coach? But instead, it's been great because we got all these decisions like Ochai yeah. officially coming back, Jalen last week. So it's been fun and a little bit later than we normally would, but we've got some Rock Chalk Round Ball classic stuff to talk about, right? That's right. So I get to come on the show back-to-back days for the Nick Schwartz send-off right. tomorrow. There you go, right? all my love and praise for you for tomorrow's show. But I uh, appreciate the platform for a few minutes today. We're excited. We're uh, T-minus a month out. It's going to be uh, August 5th and 6th. You know, these last few years prior to the pandemic, it became a round ball celebrity weekend with a three-pronged weekend schedule of the classic game, which is now 13 years old. We'd have a Friday night gala with uh, five Jayhawk alumni up on stage telling the untold stories of KU hoops, but a different Jayhawk celebrity at every table. And then we'd culminate the weekend with golf on Saturday. This year, post-pandemic, trying to inch our way back closer to normalcy, we can't do the full-blown um, you know, three event schedule we'd have in the past, but we didn't want to just do a game either because if you're paying money to fly back Devante and Svi and guys like that, you want to take advantage of their presence yeah. and raise as much money as possible. So it's it's a two-day event for us this year, and uh, it's going to be the game itself on August the 5th, which will be at Free State High School, the original home. That's where 90% of the games have been. We had one year at Lawrence High, one year at Eudora, but otherwise it's always been at Free State. That'll be at 7 o'clock, Free State High. Uh, We are working very closely with Amanda Fonts at Free State and USD 497 on specific attendance numbers as they monitor the situation closely, but we're really encouraged with what they're telling us. And the way we're going to roll it out starting in mid-July is when tickets will go on sale, and we'll sell them in kind of waves, monitoring the situation very closely on what the allowed capacity will be. So I can't give you the exact number just yet, but I can tell you the Free State and USD 497 people have been fabulous to work with. They're very optimistic. We're still taking great precaution, but uh, that's just something that we're going to inch our way closer and have a full handle on where we sit health-wise and safety-wise uh, heading into that. But Let me uh, ask you then, can it be between can we say this confidently today? It's somewhere between 20 and a million. 
Exactly. Can you go exactly. with that? Can yes. you commit to that? Yeah, they would have to Perfect. really expand okay. the facility. Great. So, so yeah. we got it. Okay. Yeah. So, so that gives like that. you an idea. If you're listening and you're thinking it's it's it may be up to a million, but it's definitely more than twenty. So okay, we could continue. raise a lot of money at ten dollars a ticket <laughs> yeah. for a million fans. Now, but uh, we'll still go through the Twenty Third Street Brewery for our ticket sales location. That's the way it's always been for the last thirteen years. But uh, just in the next forty eight hours, we'll announce our three beneficiary children. And then Baby J's Legacy of Hope is our other uh, beneficiary partner that we give to every year. And what they do is they benefit pediatric cancer patients across the entire state in smaller increments. So you'll hear the stories of three brave young cancer fighters that are the primary beneficiaries, but then Baby J's will get a little bit as well. But uh, we're excited. You know, it'll be a slightly smaller event than we've had the last few years just because, as I said, we're kind of dipping our toe in the water and getting back out there again after going virtual in 2020. Matt Tate's been so good to us over the years, always writing an article about how it's getting bigger and better every year. You know, last year when we had it live in 2019, I think we had 55 celebrities back. Well, we're not going to do that post-pandemic yeah, in the that's first okay. year. Uh, we're also not going to have post-game autographs, which I know is a major bummer for fans, but we have to be careful. We have to be safe. We probably won't have any fans within the first two rows of the player benches for all these same reasons. So don't think of round ball this year as being, you know, better than the previous year, which was always our goal. But don't think that we just rolled out the balls and, and mailed it in either. I mean, we've got Devontae and Svee coming back. Ben McLemore is coming back. We'll start to you know unload the full list of names on Monday of next week. But I mentioned instead of three events, it's two. The second event this year we're really excited about. It's going to be called the Round Bowl Classic, and we're going to Royal Crest Lanes. They could not have been more gracious partners. They're basically giving us everything for free so that all the money will go to benefit these local kids, and we are so fired up about that. What huge hearts the folks over there at Royal Crest and Wayne and Larry's have. And so on Friday night, August the 6th, we'll have somewhere between 30 and 40 teams and each team of five participants will be paired with a Jayhawk celebrity of some sort. Mostly basketball, but we'll have a few other football and, and other types of uh, KU celebs as well. And so you got a celeb on each lane. There's a post-event VIP party. And get this, we're going to have three to four PBA professionals out there as well that for a small donation to the pediatric cancer patients, they'll take a role for you. So nice. you, you've you wow. been to celebrity golf tournaments where like the, the long John drive Daily hitter, drive, right? he steps yeah. up and says, for 10 bucks, I'll hit your shot for you. Cool. Well, they'll bowl one for you. Well, these, and these guys don't miss. It's it's, it's either going to yeah, be automatic. a strike right. or they may leave one pin up. And we'll give you Which, your money back if they do that. Like You can have your, your $10 or $20 donation back if it's a spare. Uh, or they'll just keep rolling. But it's going to be fun. It's a different spin on it. And in this year where, you know, to be honest with you guys, you know, 120 days ago, we thought we'd probably have to go virtual again. Which last year, if you'll recall, was a lot of fun. We had the three-point shootout. Our old friends at Midco were fabulous in helping pull that off. We had the top 10 shooters of all time. But to have to go virtual two summers in a row would have been a major disappointment. So have you been kind of fighting that? I mean, just fighting to make this an in-person event for the past just however many months? Just holding out as yeah. long as we could to make sure we had as best of a handle on the situation as we possibly could. And uh, at this point, you know, based on what USD 497 is regulating for us, we feel pretty good about it. We're excited. And uh, thus, the rosters are building. And uh, like I said, we'll start to announce those names one by one each day. Getting Devante and Sfi, the, the best of friends, brothers from another mother, getting them <laughs> back together collectively was the key. And that opens the door for a lot of other guys to come back too. But uh, Coach Self had always wanted us to push it later in the summer. 
And uh, we'll see if that ends up you know, being a good thing or not with the August thing because there is kind of a conflict with the big three event that goes yeah. on. But we're excited about our events. Hopefully those of you listening have made this a part of your Lawrence, Kansas, you know, summertime schedule for the last decade and a half. And uh, the boys are back in town. And Round Ball Classic is back August the 5th. That's cool, too, because when you've seen this year over the past couple months, like events coming back to some sense of normalcy, like I'm noticing it right now with the NBA finals is all of a sudden you're not in a bubble. You've got real fans there. And uh, <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, I noticed the same thing at the the hot dog eating contest. I was watching uh, Joey Chestnut and it, like you don't notice it maybe as much while you're going through it. But then when the fans come back, it's just like you've been you felt like you were robbed of something and maybe mm-hmm. you don't. Uh, dare take it for granted again. And I'd imagine that's going to happen for this event, which I mean, you, you mentioned to it, but there are a lot of people in the community. And I think it's the same thing for the players too, is like when you don't get a chance to do that, I'm sure. sure you're even more eager than you've ever been to, to kind of get, yeah, get back at it. Point. And that was what was cool about last year. I mean, you turned nothing. I mean, you could have, I wrote this last year, you could have easily just said, well, it's too hard. This is the pandemic, the heart of it. This mm-hmm. is too hard. And instead, it's this wildly produced, outstanding, entertaining three-point contest that, like, was, I mean, just so different than anything we'd ever seen, you know? So, hats off to you for that. Wow. I mean, it's really cool to watch what you put into it. And and obviously, you guys deserve everything. The kids deserve everything that, that you get out of it because it's just, it's just a really cool thing. Thank you for saying that. And thank you to KUSports.com and Matt Tate because they were our streaming that was home last that year was for the virtual event. What was event. fun was that it actually worked. It did. And and mm-hmm. it didn't crash our servers and, you know, people weren't emailing me with Matt learned anger. a lot about streaming. Yeah, that that's right. I learned a lot. Uh, so that was good. I was I was proud of that, but mostly proud of you, man. You guys do such great work. And it's, I mean, what what an event. Everybody, anybody that's a part of that should be so proud to be a part of it. And, and we're lucky to have it here in town, man. Well, thank you for saying that. I'll be hitting both of you guys up to help us with this year's events. I've been and, recording and this whole thing, so an article's coming. Don't okay, worry. Very good. <laughs> I got it, too. I got a backup for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> How good of bowlers are you? Maybe hit me uh, up for that, abysmal, too. Abysmal. So. Yeah. Are you that bad, really, like, to go to that word? I mean, I'll be lucky to get triple digits. Wow. Are, what, are you guys both better I'm all than about that? self-deprecation, but abysmal is a abysmal is like, well, what? You are you guys both just like roll it down, all the way down? Well, you guys make it seem like you guys are, like, crack- Semi-pro bowlers. I'm not or Chris Tehan or Julian Wright, who <laughs> right, I think are the best right, two bowlers right. in recent KU history. Is but Chris Tehan really good? He is. He they had a yeah. team bowling event last yeah. year and he was crushed like, it. Yeah, two eighty or something. He ridiculous. did. Oh wow! I did take the HSES class bowling one hundred and one at Kansas way back in the day. Hey, listen, I took it twice. Did you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! It was that one mean, hour of credit, and so I go. needed one more my last semester. What so was your I high score? Again. Do you remember? I don't remember. Two ten or something okay. like. Oh, I, you know, I've never hit two. Mine was two hundred three. Okay, so. so yeah, like I, I'm, I'm in. Never regularly there, but like one sixty, one seventy, pretty regularly. Sounds like I would smoke. Here's what you can do for me: instead of <laughs> paying money for like a, a good bowler to come and take your spot, you can. Let them pay money for me to go on another team. Okay. Like they donate money and I have to go to their biggest right. competitor and, and bowl a or frame for them. Or they can then trump the payment and get you out of their lane. There you go. That's an <laughs> easy way to make money. Exactly. I'll d- double the payment right. to get him to just go away. It's just you got, you've got to cap it somewhere, but like three back and forths. Is I'm just telling, man, go. this is a good money-making opportunity. I, like I can help you out in I some like way. It. And we can definitely promote how bad you are. Oh you yeah, you already did. Abysmal. It's, it's it's bad. I've I've 
I'm probably the first person I've ever seen hit the ball on the back of their leg and have it roll into the other lane. So wow. you would it? Like, I'm just it's I'm useless because if Brian and I took the same class, we learned the spin. Oh, I don't know how to spin. Would you, would it blow your mind? Like if we saw us do it, if the three of us went bowling right now? I mean, I've it? seen other people do it. No, but answer the question. Would it blow? <laughs> no, your mind? it would not blow my mind. In fact, every time I go bowling, I'm the only person who can't spin it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's cool, man. I'm. I'm excited that you let me have one last announcement on the round yeah, ball classic you before you left. Cause I know you'll still be coming on with Derek and, and, and keep doing that stuff because we're always going to, at least I say we still, but, um, rock shock sports talk, rock shock, round ball, classic, round always, ball classic, always working in tandem. So, uh, I appreciate you hopping on and, uh, having one last chat, but you're going to be out there tomorrow, right? Yep. And, and absolutely say we, because in the same way that KU people say once a Jayhawk, always a Jayhawk. Yeah. Once an RCST host, always an RCST host. Okay. You have done that chair so proud over the last uh, six Thank years. You, man. And uh, we're going to celebrate you tomorrow and talk about that. In fact, my phone was buzzing a second ago while I'm on the air, and it was David Lawrence probably calling to orchestrate what we're going to say <laughs> collectively about you. Ooh, so, like D-Lore, if you're listening, uh, I'll call you right back. That's right. So, we got a, a send-off extravaganza tomorrow for anybody who wants to come out. We'll be doing our show live at uh, 23rd Street from... Three to six, a lot of familiar faces and friends of the show will be stopping by. So if you want to come by and say hi as well, highly suggest doing it. Three to six tomorrow at Round Ball Classic. I know these two fellows are both going to be there. Brian Haney, thank you for stopping by. Thank you, guys. Appreciate a it. pleasure. Matt Tate, thank you as well. We'll be seeing you uh, tomorrow. Yeah, man, I'll there be there well. for sure. I am Nick Schwert. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk. All right, it's about half past five, and this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I am Nick Schwert. Happy to have you with me. So here's the deal. Tomorrow is the last show that I will ever be doing as host of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And we're going to be live at the 23rd Street Brewery. We'll be there from 3 to 6 if you... Uh, are working tomorrow, maybe working from home, sneak out a little early, get off work a little early, you want to come by, say what's up. Love to have you out. Anybody, whether this is the first time you're listening or if you listen every day, um, the more the merrier tomorrow. And I know there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of friends of the show, a lot of people you've heard a lot of who are going to be coming around. So it should be a good time. Uh, and I invite everybody. I don't think parking is going to be an issue, but... Well, I, I want it on record as... I was starting to say that before you said I'm going to be there, uh-huh. but the timing killed me. Now it looks like I'm just a total me, me, me guy, right? And I'm not. Right. I was really. You're talking just, about the event itself. Yeah, you and you enough. mostly, right? right okay. But 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 that timing killed me. So I will be there though, and a lot of dudes are going to be there, man. Like Nick is one of the 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 most beloved guys. I don't know a single person in the media who does not like you. Um, they may not all love you, yeah, you know, you probably, probably rub some people wrong sometimes. Um, but Hey, that's, that's life. So no, I, I think everybody's going to show up to, to send you off in style. And that's kind of what we've been trying you to do. You said a lot of dudes. You didn't say any, any females. Uh, I got nothing on that, man. That's I, too bad. I, I don't know. I don't know how to help you there. You're uh <laughs> so you mean, I mean, you gave me a ringing endorsement that I'm a guy's guy, You're. <laughs> but you Great guy to sit down and have a beer and talk sports with. Yeah, don't bring him around your significant other because no, no, he's not no. a good conversationalist. He will embarrass you. Yeah, exactly. He will embarrass you and everyone you've ever known. I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad we did this today because we did basically three hours of 
of KU basketball talk because I don't know how much of that we're going to get to tomorrow. Right, right. I think a lot of tomorrow is just going to be uh, sort of uh, reminiscent and, and storytelling, which is fine. But I do, I want to touch on one more thing here because I brought up earlier that I th- I think my biggest question, I think that the crux of, of how next season is going to go for Kansas comes down to Remy Martin and what he's going to look like as the leader and as the alpha of a championship caliber team because he's never played on one. So he's never been asked to do quite that. He's been a leader on some pretty lousy Arizona State teams, but this is going to be a different ball game that he's not going to be 100% accustomed to. And if he can fill that role sufficiently, then I think KU will be one of the top teams in the country. But if there is um, anything lacking in that regard, it's going to be tough to get there because not everybody has that. Not everybody has that 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 gear to to give a bleep and to control everything and to be the guy that everyone's looking at and looking and giving guidance in a, in a positive way. Not everybody has that in their DNA. We'll see if he does. I'm just curious. That's my biggest question. Um, you've looked at this team from every angle. Is there something else? Is there, is there something that you're looking at as, as, as your biggest question for this team heading into the, to next year? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with you, with you on Remy. I think that makes perfect sense. And, and it is interesting, right? I mean, that's like a lot. There's a lot being put on him for a first-year Kansas player. But the only other time that typically happens is is with a true freshman, right? And those guys are young kids still. They're not always equipped to handle it mentally, uh, physically either sometimes. Remy's not. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a, a grown man. He's a veteran. He's been through some wars, right, of college basketball and the ups and the downs that come with it. So I, I think that he's in a much better position to, to handle that even though it does sound like a lot is going to be asked of him yeah. and put on him. So I think it's, it's, it's a valid question for sure. The only other one that comes to mind for me or the other big one that comes to mind for me is big Dave, man. I mean, like it just, uh, look, he finished so strong and, and uh, even playing in the tournament, you know, on a, on a, on a broken foot uh, coming off the COVID thing, exhausted, to, to, to go out there and try to help them will out that, that Eastern Washington win in round one. I mean, like he finished on about as high a note as that guy could finish on. And he was pretty automatic in big 12 play, but I still haven't forgotten. And I'm sure most people haven't how poorly he started the season last year. And, and I don't know why that was a large part of it was the new role and the expectations. And as the season went on, we kept hearing him talk about playing with a free mind, right? I mean, how many times did he say that after a game, just playing with a free mind, a free mind, and it helped him. I mean, like whatever he had to do to tap into that mentality, once he was able to do it, he was pretty unstoppable at times. So will he have that free mind? Will he have that mentality? Will he be able to get to that place? in the beginning right away um, or, or will it take some time again? And will we have another season of, of David McCormick sort of warming up and warming into what he's going to be? I tend to believe he's there. I tend to believe he's going to start much, much better possibly because he's comfortable with the role now, possibly because he's got such a talented team around him and he knows it, but I still have to see it. And and until we see it, I, I don't know that you can completely rule that out as a, as something that's not on that list of questions. Yeah, I mean, basically, it was it was a tale of two Daves. You want to know which version are are you going to get? And I and I would tend to agree with you. Like, I would because take the inverse. Would you rather have like right. who would you have more confidence in? Jalen Wilson, who finished strong, ended on a bit of a dud, 
Started strong and ended on a dud. Right, yeah. Or David McCormick, who... Was the opposite. You would rather have the guy who has some momentum going into the offseason, No right? question. Who's not questioning who he is. Am I good enough to do this? Why Why? Why couldn't I get it to work? I want to play. Of those, there's none of those questions in his head. He's no, saying, no. whatever happened, happened, but me, I figured it out. Give me the ball. Let's go. Yeah, right. Yeah. I agree with that. The, the, the other big thing, the other reason, it's a question he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. He had a 12-week injury after that surgery on his foot, and and, you know... That's the right twelve weeks to miss, right? Like yeah. <laughs> the 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 April May June weeks, um, but but it's still a big you know it it has hurt his ability to, I, I guess progress by much this off season. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't lost a ton, and and it, he'll have time to get it back. But that's that's another reason that that he's at the on the list for me of questions. Um, not questions of like, is he, is he going to be a disaster? I don't, I don't think that, I think his floor is pretty good. I think he has established what he can do. We've, we've seen it now, but does he hit the, does he hit that full strength, that full stride right out of the gate? Or does it take him some time again? And, and look, it'll help that they're not playing Gonzaga right out of the gate because we don't know exactly what that did to him mentally, but Drew Timmy had his way in that game. I mean, yeah. Drew Timmy, as he did not all just year having his way, most but, I people, mean, he abused right. Dave. And so that that's not how you want to start. I mean, when that's when that's your first your first impression or your first act, so to speak, of of the uh, of of the biggest season of your life, basically, right? This was like his time, and you go out, and that's how you start it. That that would be a shot. So the last half of the season, really, if you start the last fourteen games. They they played in 29, but the last 14 games of the season, David McCormick averaged 15 and a half points, seven rebounds. So right. that's up from that's about two points more and about a rebound extra. It doesn't seem like statistically that's a huge it jump doesn't. from what he did as the season as a whole. But if I were just to take a look at the first, let's call it the first 15 games, right, and, and see how different that looks. The first 15 games of the season, David McCormick, I'm doing math in my head now, 172 divided by 15, about 11 points per game. And we saw it was the efficiency. That's right. It was the efficiency. And 11, like, he doesn't have to be 20 points a game. In fact, there are plenty of people who would say he shouldn't be. But if he gave you 15 and 7 or 16 and 7 all season, 11 should be automatic. I mean, especially because he's a good free throw. Well, and he's going to get touches. Exactly. So, so eleven. As much as it doesn't sound horrible, it, it, it's it's a very, very, very basic. Like that's the bare minimum. Well, that's why when we did the exercise earlier, when we were saying, okay, uh, who do you know for a fact and what their role is going to look like? If I could make another tier, I would make another one just for Dave because I know Ochai is going to play and play a lot. I know Remy's going to play and play a lot. I know Dave's going to play play a lot and still be the focal point of the offense. There like, you go. Remy's going to come in and take a lot of shots, but you're kidding yourself if you don't think Bill Self's still going to run that offense through Dave like he did all season long. For sure. Yeah. Well, and again, we talked pick and roll earlier with those two specifically. Like, what if the what if the directive to Remy Martin is, hey, the NBA wants to see you run a team, so go run a team, and the best way you can do that is you know, go get your 12, 14 points, but how about you average seven assists? Because guess who did that? Devontae Graham. Guess what he's doing now? Making millions and killing it. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, there's there's was these... still the leading scorer on the team and got a ton of shots. Right. You know, like right, there's right, opportunity right. to do both. That's right. So I think if Remy Martin is able to tap into that, if that's what they ask him to do, uh, then nobody's going to benefit more than that. Yeah. M- more from that than David McCormick. Because for nobody a, for a guy who's averaged 19 points a game for two years in a row, I'm not saying he won't average 19. I don't think he will. He can average 19, but he's not doing it on 14 shots a game. Right. That is not going to happen. So the efficiency is going to have to go up if you want to get those numbers. I think that's what's so cool, right? Like at at Arizona State, Remy Martin was a free spirit, for lack of a better term. He 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 took the shots he wanted. He had a lot of freedom to do so. He pulled up from very deep a lot. <laughs> um, he was he was able and and allowed to attack and throw up some crazy shots sometimes and. I'm not saying some of that won't be allowed here, but we've all seen Bill Self coaches teams and what he wants out of guys. Not a lot of that happening, right? Yeah. I mean, not a lot of that happening. That's why it would have been so fascinating to see Self coach Trey Young, right? Like that would have been wild. Like what would that have looked like versus what he did at Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, he probably it's not leading the the country in points and assists. Right, right. And 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 are those 36 foot jumpers allowed or okay? I mean, I guess if they go in, maybe, but. I don't know. Bill Self's the king of it. Doesn't matter if it goes in, right? The good shot is when it leaves your hand. But thinking about that, honestly, I know we're not going to get on a Trey Young tangent here, but like thinking about that and the way it's worked out for him in the NBA, it's like he probably made the good choice. Yeah, going yeah, to Oklahoma. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That all worked out. No me. doubt about it, man. So, so anyway, that's what that's what I'm interested to see as much as anything with Remy is is not only is he asked to rein himself in, so to speak, but also can he do it? That's three years at Arizona State where you've been the man. Even as a freshman, he was coming off the bench, but he was he was the heart and soul of that team. They had some talented dudes, but he was the fire that came in and the spark and all that. And so does he need to tone it down? We don't know. I mean, this is this is something that we will have to see, but I would imagine just based off of 18 years of Bill Self history at Kansas, he's probably going to tone it down a little bit. And so that that's going to be fascinating to see how much. And also, can he? The guess is I, I'm not a whole lot, will. and I think he'll be able to do it just Yeah, I think, it, I think the big part is just, like, what constitutes a good shot is going to change immediately. And I think that's probably going to be drilled into his head. Like, hey, you don't have to take all these shots because we actually have talented players around you. Right. And that's it, right? Like, go back to AAU. I mean, I don't remember who was on his AAU team or anything like that, but, like, Presumably, other Division One type guys, right? So mm-hmm. he, he's been on some teams like that, I'm sure. Exactly. And now he's much older and w- hopefully wiser than he was then. But that, that's an interesting part of it too. So let's. What do we got? A third one? Do you think there's a third one? A third question? I well, mean, I think the third one is sort of an, an all-encompassing thing. But and this, honestly, for some people, I could probably convince myself this is the number one question because it kind of it, it includes everything we've talked about, but. You've got four returning starters. And if you want to package it like that, it's really easy to make it seem like, wow, consistency. I know. But it's not, man. It's not. Because even if you want to consider Remy Martin a a massive upgrade at point guard, which I would, by the way, it's still going to be a big, big change in style of play. Yep. And from there, you've got a lot of guys coming off the bench, competing for minutes, it's just going to be a lot different than it was a season ago. And different doesn't have to mean bad. I think different in a lot of aspects in this conversation is a positive thing. But 
there is a question as to how is this all going to mesh? It's just a lot of a lot of different egos, and I'm not, again ego doesn't a bad mean bad thing. thing. Right. It's just a lot of egos. Right. There's a lot of people who are coming in here with something to prove. Like Jalen Coleman Lance got something to prove. Remy Martin has got something to prove. Ochai has something to prove. Dave, Jalen, go through it. Christian Brown who finished the season on a bad note. Like Jay, uh, Dewan Harris was like, no, I'm going to keep playing. I know you brought on all these guys. I'm going to keep playing. Joe Yesifu, I'm coming over from Drake. I'm going to prove that I was the guy. All these guys. All of it. Cam all Martin. All of them. I can do it. I can make the jump from D2. Basketball is basketball. Yeah. Yeah, that's There's good. a lot. That's There's good. a lot there that we just have never seen these guys play together. And I'm just interested to see how that's going to work. I'm I, not saying it won't, but no, yeah. there are plenty of examples, not just with KU, but teams who have sort of done this, which is completely reconstruct your roster from one year to the next. There are plenty of examples of that not working for a variety of reasons. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that's all going to work. I think that's fair. And like, you look at a guy like Jalen Wilson, right? Like he had a really good year last year. I mean, even, even with the, the slower finish, he still had a really good year for his first year playing college Absolutely. ball. So does he pick up where he left off? Does it all mesh and his role is exactly the same? Or do all these new pieces make him have to learn a different way to play, a new way to play? It, it's, it's, it's automatic that you have to learn how to play with new guys because there are new guys. But like roles have to potentially change because of that too. And so does that work for him? Is he, is he more, maybe, maybe the role he plays this year is more suited to what he naturally does well. And, and he doesn't have to go be the leading rebounder or whatever. And maybe he does. Maybe that's his best strength. Maybe that's what he wants to do, right? Like, but I don't, it, we just don't know. And so he's just one example. Um, Ochai's another though. Yeah, I mean, like, even though Ochai's old, reliable, Mr. Steady Eddie, that whole guy that we've talked about this whole this whole show, he's still doing this with these guys for the first time and with a different focus, a different mindset of yeah. this is why I'm here now. This is my last, you know, like, so all those little things are are different. And as exciting as it has to be for the coaching staff to have all these new pieces and, and be able to tinker with lineups and look at different things they can do, there has to be a an element of, uh, I hope it works. Yeah, that's why I think this whole thing is a Bill Self question. Yeah. Like the first two questions we had, Remy Martin, David McCormick, this is a Bill Self question. Hey, Bill Self, we always, what do we always say? Master, master button pusher. Yeah. Always knows how to, to sort of motivate guys and find their individual quirks or ticks and, and use them to his advantage. Well, you got a lot of dudes you got to learn pretty quickly. A lot not of just, buttons. And not just, it's not just one one or two guys. Like, get to know Cam Martin. Get yep. to know Jalen Coleman-Lands. Get to know Remy Martin and Joe Yesifu and Zach Clements and Cam, and Bobby Pettiford. Like, do all of that while also doing everything else you would do in a normal season. And again, like, call this what you will. Like, there's, there's some history with KU. Like, the younger teams where he's had to... Usually when this is the case, when you have a completely new roster, it's because you're bringing in a bunch of freshmen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is a little bit different, okay? This is not the same as bringing in four 18-year-olds who you know are all going to be a part of the rotation. Like, these are guys, Jalen coleman Lands is 25, man. Right, right, He's right. 25 years old. Right. Remy Martin is going to be playing in his fifth year of college. These are guys who have already learned some of the things that coaches are used to having to teach guys. So it's not about the basketball aspect as much as it is just you better hope these guys get along too. Yeah. You better hope that they all sort of can can view things through the same lens and want to accomplish the same things, which 
you'd imagine with the decisions they made to come to a team that was already looking pretty stacked, right. they all knew, like, I'm going to Kansas to compete for a title. For sure. And for what it's worth, man, that, like, again, I, I've, I've talked to all these guys this summer, met them this summer. Like, they that's they say that's already happening. They yeah. say the the bonding and, and, and building that chemistry is already happening and going really well. So, um, you know, maybe they wouldn't share it if it wasn't, but but it's again, it still seems genuine. It still seems like that's that's what the whole month of June was about. These guys, yeah, they played some pickup and they ran around and they did some workouts together and things like that. But for the most part, it was let's just kick it together. Let's go watch this game. You want to watch the you want to watch the Lakers tonight? Let's go do that. Like whatever it is, right? I mean, uh, the playoffs are on. Let's go watch and meet up and we'll get some food. And I mean, like all those things. That's why. I would be so much more worried about this team if it were COVID year because that was gone last year. And that was part of the reason that team did take some time. And maybe part of the reason Dave took some time was because they didn't have that luxury of building chemistry in the months that you normally do it. The grind, the dog days of summer, right? Like, And these guys are back to that and it sounds like it's going really well. So I, I think that's... You know, if you're a KU fan, you should feel good about that. You should feel good about the fact that Self has a good track record. You're right. It's a lot of buttons to push. But, man, is there is there another person in the country you'd want, rather have pushing them? And there's the other part. He chose this route. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have to be like this. This right. offseason didn't have to be a complete roster overhaul, but this is what he wanted. So yep. he kind of, it's like, he knew what he was signing up for. No I'm sure, doubt. I'm sure he's been thinking about it all summer. There's no doubt about it. And and I, I'm sure the expectations are going to be high, but. It's uh, it, 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 the expectations are always high. So yeah. what's new, right? That's right. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, I'm actually going to hit one hard break, and it's going to be the last one of the show. So I'm going to do something positive, something right on my way out. Matt Tate, thank you for uh, coming in and hosting. It's been a fun one, man. What a good time. Yeah, man, we'll have some more fun tomorrow. But hats off to you. You know that. And uh, hats off to everybody for listening to you. That's right. Years. More, most importantly, They've earned it. hats off to everybody else. <laughs> Hopefully, it's been time well spent. So, uh, thanks for listening. Again, come on out to 23rd Street Brewery tomorrow. It's going to be a fun time. If you can't, just tune in because it should be a really fun show. Um, We've got some fun stuff planned. So, thank you. Thanks for listening. For Matt Tate, I'm Nick Schwartz. That's going to do it for Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We will see you tomorrow. And I need some color for my garden, and I need it now.